The epistle for the fourth Sunday after Pentecost is taken from the Apostle St. Paul to the Romans. Brethren, I reckon that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory to come that will be revealed in us, for the eager longing of creation awaits the revelation of the sons of God. For creation was made subject to vanity, not by its own will, but by reason of him who made it subject, in hope, because creation itself also will be delivered from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the sons of God. For we know that all creation groans and travails in pain until now. And not only it, but we ourselves also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption as sons of God, the redemption of our body in Christ Jesus our Lord. Please stand for the Holy Gospel. Continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. At that time, while the crowds were pressing upon Jesus to hear the word of God, he was standing by Lake Genesareth, and he saw two boats moored by the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And getting into one of the boats, the one that was Simon's, he besought him to put out a little from the land. And sitting down, he began to teach the crowds from the boat. But when he had ceased speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and lower your nets for a catch. And Simon answered and said to him, Master, the whole night through we have toiled and have taken nothing, but at thy word I will lower the net. And when they had done so, they enclosed a great number of fishes, but their net was breaking. And they beckoned to their comrades in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats, so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had made. And so were also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. Henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left all and followed him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Our Lady, seat of wisdom. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. Please be seated. My dear friends, I've been meaning recently, or for a while I should say, to begin a series of sermons on the Catechism, just explain the basic truths of Catechism. And I intend to do that during this season after Pentecost. Hopefully we can explain the part of the Apostles' Creed from our regular Baltimore Catechism. I thought that in order to introduce that series of sermons, it would be good today to go over with you one document that is very important that was issued by Pope Pius X, and that is the encyclical Acerbonimis. Acerbonimis means there is, basically means there's few things that are more bitter, and he continues to say, than the situation that we see today. I'm not gonna read to you from the encyclical, because not a lot at least, because it would be perhaps wary and difficult to, to listen to even more, 
But I do want to, to explain it to you with my own words. I want to use the encyclical basically to say it to you as a sermon. The Pope begins by telling us why is this important, the Catechism? It would seem like it's something very basic. But he says, we live in times where the enemy is coming into the church, is coming within the church. And we can say, the, the, the Pope says, we can say right now what the Apostle St. Paul said back in his time. I know that fierce wolves will get in among you and will not spare the flock. Notice how Pius X, back in his day, this is like in the 1900s at the beginning of the century, he already knew that within the church there were going to come people that would teach false doctrines. And the Pope says, this is concerning. He says in that encyclical, as he begins, he says, as we wonder why is religion fading, why is the faith going down among the people, many people that are good, that are zealous, give us different answers. Some say, well, it's morality, or it's this, or it's that. And the Pope says, I have to agree with those that tell me that the reason why faith is diminishing is because of the ignorance of things divine, because of the ignorance of catechism. He quotes the prophet Hosea, who saw something like this, and he said, there is no knowledge of God in the land. Cursing, lying, killing, theft, adultery have overflowed. Blood touches blood, and for that reason the land shall mourn, and those who dwell in the land shall languish. Now, my dear friends, when we speak of these things, we hear catechism, and we, say, we might think, well, that must be with people that are very ignorant, you know, the people that didn't get any studies. I'm sure it's with people that, that don't come to church very often, or maybe people that are rude, you know, that are, that are perhaps poor, maybe. But my friends, that's not the case. The Pope here tells us, and this is true, the sad thing is that many times those who are more wealthy, those who do better, those who have more studies, those perhaps who have been Catholics for years and years, ignore very serious topics of the faith, ignore very strong, important points of morality. You can see it yourselves. How many times have you gone to a friend that is Catholic or someone that you know for a while and they don't see the malice of sin, they don't see the importance of heresy, they don't see the importance of making sure that the sacraments are valid. That friend of yours that tells you, oh, I, I went with my friend, you know, who is divorced, and we told them congratulations on their new marriage. Or that friend of yours that tells you, oh, you know, my friend the Buddhist, you know, he's a good guy, he's a good guy, he, he, I think he's, he's gonna go to heaven. Or that friend of, you, of yours that tells you, oh, I went to that priest, he says the Latin Mass. Is he valid? Oh, well, he says the Latin Mass is fine, I'm sure it doesn't matter. Many of us who have been Catholics for years, who are, who are in good position, are the ones that ignore the most important truths of the faith. And if you want to hear how important this is, listen to Pope Benedict XIV that Pope Pius X quotes. He said, we declare that a great number of those who are condemned 
to eternal punishment, suffer that everlasting calamity because of ignorance of those mysteries of faith, which must be known and believed in order to be numbered among the elect. Now, my dear friends, if I was in your position, I would think to myself, I know my catechism, I know my Ten Commandments, I know my Apostles' Creed. I mean, I went to those classes for First Communion. I remember Father telling me, do you promise that you're going to keep studying? And I said, yes, I promise. I remember that I did all that. I think I know my catechism well. Well, let me give you an example. I used to work in a warehouse in Mexico, which was very unsafe. It was so unsafe that one time I drove one of those carts with the, the forklifts. I drove one of those by myself without, without any license in there. Very, very unsafe. You know, things would fall over the place, metal over here, tools over there, probably dead bodies somewhere. Imagine that you come into this warehouse and it's all dark. You turn on the lights, boom, the lights come on. And you see everything. And then imagine that you say to yourself, okay, I'm good, I saw it all, lights off. Now I can walk through here. My friends, you would never do that unless you want to die because you need the light all the time to see where you're going. In the same way in your spiritual life, it does not suffice to have seen the light just once when you were a young person and then turn it off and pretend that your decisions, that your life, your walk in life is going to be safe when you're not constantly enlightened by the light of their catechism. What am I trying to say? That it does not suffice with you having studied when you were eight, nine years old. You want to review constantly your catechism, remember it, teach it to others. So that when you're 14 years old and you have to make a decision, you remember, oh, that's what the catechism says about hell. I don't want to do that. When you're 23 years old and you're thinking, who should I marry? You remember, oh, my catechism tells me this and this and that about marriage. I shouldn't do this or I should. When you're 30, 40, 50 years old and you have to make a decision that you're able to say, I remember my catechism, I read it yesterday, I read it the week before, that I have to tell this to my children, that I'm supposed to go to Mass at this time, that I'm supposed to give this or do that with the commandments of the church. So it is an important thing. Now, my dear friends, we have to consider now upon whom rests the obligation of teaching the catechism. And the answer is obvious, that rests upon the priest, the pastor of the church. I am the one that has that burden of teaching the catechism first to you, and then the parents have the burden of teaching catechism to your children as well. Now this obligation is so important that the Apostle St. Paul said in him, at his day, he said, Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Does that mean that the Apostle St. Paul didn't baptize people? No, he did. We know that from scriptures. But what he's trying to say is that teaching the catechism was more important than giving the sacraments. And this is a part that to me was surprising. Think about it yourselves. Teaching the catechism is more important than having the Mass. 
It is more important than going to the sacraments even. I'll tell you why. Because if you don't know your catechism, the Mass does not benefit you in anything. If you don't know your catechism, you cannot be baptized. If you don't know your catechism, you don't know how to go to confession, and you cannot go to communion. If you don't know your faith, it is the most important thing. Allow me to give you another example. Imagine that you have a church. Imagine that someone comes today and tells me that the board comes and says, Father, we're going to build another church. And I say, okay. And we start putting walls, and we start putting windows, and we put a beautiful organ, and a roof, and we never put a foundation. That would be very stupid. The first thing that you need to put is a foundation. Upon that, you build the walls and the windows and the church. Now, members of the board, do not be, uh, do not be worried. This is not a hint. But it's an example, right? You would not build anything without the foundation. My dear friends, in your faith, in your Catholic life, you need to have the foundation of catechism. And upon that, you build the rest. To make the sermon as short as possible, I do want to go now into a few recommendations of what should we use to study. You're all familiar with the Baltimore Catechism and the Baltimore Catechism 3. That is the book that is standard for catechism that everybody uses. Now you might have seen that there is Baltimore Catechism 1, Baltimore Catechism 2, 3, and 4. What is the difference between these? They're supposed to be used at the different stages in your life. Baltimore Catechism 1 is for those children who are about to receive First Communion. Baltimore Catechism 2 is for those who are about to receive Confirmation. Baltimore Catechism 3 is the standard that everybody uses. And Baltimore Catechism 4 is what you would use as a parent if you want to explain the Catechism. Because that one has explanations for you, so that you know how to explain it. Now, allow me here to, to make a few recommendations. You will find several editions of the Baltimore Catechism. Some have just, just the questions and answers. That would be the one I'm holding right now, by 10, 10 books, and there is others. And there is another edition of the Baltimore Catechism that has questions, quotes from scripture, study guides. That's my favorite one. And you will note that one because it says, with Notes and Studies by Francis J. Connell. So that's a good catechism if you want to review your studies. I would suppose that most of you know your catechism very well. What can you use if you want to do another thing, if you want to do another review? Well, there is another book, another catechism that is called The Full Catechism of the Catholic Religion by Joseph de Harb. This is a very good one because it gives you different questions, it gives you different perspectives than Baltimore Catechism 3. And if you want to become a lay theologian, which I do not recommend, but no, if you want to study your faith deeply, there is the Catechism of the Council of Trent, which requires more dedication, but it's also a very good read. My dear friends, I do want to, to finish and make, make the sermon short. But I do want to bring to you, before we finish today, the commands that Pope Pius X gives. You have to see that for the Pope, this was a most important matter. He realized that the only way to defend ourselves 
from the society that we live in is to know our faith well. My dear friends, if you see young people dropping out of their faith, if you see people getting in marriages that do not function or not doing their duties in marriage, if you see your family friends accepting other religions, if you see society so corrupt and immorality rampant everywhere, the only reason is that we do not know our catechism and people don't know it. And to avoid that, the Pope gives us the following commands. He says, first, the priest, he says, yes, I know that you make sermons that are very pleasant to people, perhaps, and that your sermons are tickling their ears and they come to church entertained and they want to see what you're preaching about, he says, the Pope, with my own words. And he says to the priest, no, I want you to preach simple truths. First, the catechism. Do a simple sermon with the very basic things. People are not going to tell you, oh, Father, that was a great sermon. But they're going to come out knowing what they need to know. And priest, he says, you like to make books and all these things. And maybe he, if he was living in our day, he would say, you like to make podcasts and videos and all those things. But priest, I want you to talk to the people when they are there in front of you. Because my friends, how many times does it happen that the priest comes with a book or with a link and he says, oh, check out this book, read this book, watch this video, and we never do. I remember myself when the priest would come with a book and give it to me and say, read this, and I would be like, oh, yes, Father. And I would read the first five pages, and then the book is just collecting uh, dust on the bookshelf. That's why the Pope says, no, I want you to do it right there when they're right in front of you, when they can't get out, so to speak. He wants, the Pope wanted that in every parish we would have what they call the confraternity of Christian doctrine. What is that? That is a group of lay people that specializes themselves in teaching catechism to the young, to children, to aid the priest to help them. Because you know that here we have the sisters and myself, we all work in that, but we need more, more help. And so the Pope says there should be a confraternity of lay people helping out with that. He also says, I want that in every large city where there are universities, public schools, high schools, where they do not teach the faith, I want that there are classes for young people, not only for children, also for young people of the catechism to refresh that knowledge. And lastly, he says, I quote, since it is a fact that in these days adults need instruction no less than the young, all pastors and those having the care of souls shall explain the catechism to the people in a plain and simple style adapted to the intelligence of their hearers. And the Pope wanted this to be done at least once a week. This was the reason why I was hesitant to give this sermon, because I don't know if we would be able to do that. But at least, my dear friends, we know what we have to aspire for. We know what the Pope wanted from us, and we know to work in that direction. As I end my sermon today, I would like to encourage you all to go back to the beginning of the warehouse, turn the light on, and keep it on as you walk through life. You have studied your catechism when you were nine years old. Take it again, buy it, read it every now and then. Teach it to others. 
encourage here in the parish the efforts that might help us to teach catechism to children and young people and adults, and ask for it, insist until we get it and until we're able to do it, hopefully on a weekly basis. My dear friends, I end with the words that the Pope addressed to us when he finished his encyclical. He said, if any man be on the Lord's side, let, he jo let him join with me in this endeavor. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.